of three. Welcome everybody to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and today I am joined by Pastor Katrina. It's so good to be with you, Jason. I and love doing these podcasts. Yes, she is had a nice vacation down in Florida, looking nice and tan yes. here. And I am jealous. Uh-huh. And she had time to work on our uh, podcast while she's down there, so we are excited to get to uh, work on this again today. Absolutely. I did that while I was looking out over the ocean. Yes, a little extra inspiration there. That's right. And so today we are continuing with our Bible reading reflection, and we are going to finish up the book of Deuteronomy in the book of Mark. And we've got Deuteronomy 17 through 32, and we're working from Mark 14 until the end. And last week, me and uh, Pastor Tyler uh, were working on Deuteronomy. I think we started at the beginning of it uh, together. Uh, You had some notes there on uh, the beginning of Deuteronomy. It's very interesting. Deuteronomy means second law, you know, like duo, two. Right. Repeat or reminder of the laws that God gave to Moses for the children of Israel. It's actually the fifth and final book of Moses, and it begins with the historical introduction, the laws, and it concludes with the promises or blessings if you're obedient and the reprimands or curses that come if you are disobedient. Yeah. And last week, uh, me and Tyler went over, uh, it was really a repeat, but it was also interesting because you got a little bit different flavor, some different things added in there from yes. his retelling of, of kind of a shorter version of these other he, uh, yeah, of the Exodus he, and numbers. Yeah, he was more concise. Yeah. And sometimes when you're more concise, you'll bring out the important things. Right. And yeah. that's what I see that he did in Deuteronomy. Right. You can read Deuteronomy and know Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus. It pulls it right together. Yeah. I like that. It's very interesting. The New Testament writers quoted from Deuteronomy nearly 200 times. Who would think that? It's amazing. It's amazing. It really is. And, you know, we talk about Jesus being in the wilderness, but Jesus quoted from the book of Deuteronomy exclusively in his answers to Satan when he was tested in the wilderness. Matthew, the fourth chapter, like he quoted Deuteronomy 8, 3, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's when he said, turn the bread into uh, the stones into bread. And then he said, jump off the pinnacle. And Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 6, 16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, or try to get God to go against his law. And then he said, all this world's been given to me, and that's because of the fall of Adam. He said, I'll give it to you if you'll just worship me. And again, Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy 6, 13, you shall worship the Lord God only, and only him shall he, you worship. Yeah, and that's been part of uh, what I've enjoyed about the particular Bible reading. We're doing Bible reading in a year uh, is because it's it's uh, lined up at times where you literally are reading it in the Old Testament than seeing Jesus quoting the the thing you just read. You know, I know it's fascinating. Um, it's really great. 
how that's worked you out. You see how so it far, intertwines. It intertwines. The Old and New Testament intertwines. For sure. It, For it's sure. really beautiful. Okay, so let's get into it here. We're going to start at Deuteronomy 17. 17. I, I call this practical because here he said, if you hear a rumor that it said that a person worshiped false gods, you're to bring the person to the gates, which means to the court, and it must be proven in the mouth of two or three witnesses that this is true. And yeah. I think that's true of any rumor. Yeah. Have you ever played that game where they start at the front and tell a story, and then at the end... The telephone kind of thing. The telephone thing. Uh-huh. And then at the end, someone repeats it, and it's nothing like what the person said yeah. in the beginning. So I, I think that that and, is just very practical. And that's also used, that two or three witnesses, as a confirmation when you're reading Scripture, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's weird. And then he gives rules for the future kings. You know, they all had more than one wife. He said, not more than one wife anymore. That's over. And that the king should keep the law. Why? He should be an example to the people. The king should. Yeah. So I think that is uh, a good thing, too. And it's interesting. He's starting to bring this king stuff up before it's even there. Yes. They must have been talking about it already. Absolutely. Yes. So he said, since when you get there, you're going to want a king, even though yeah. I and don't think the, that was really the, the plan. The kings but. are to be like the pe- be an example to the people. But yeah. did they do it? No. They had all kinds of wives. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it caused them trouble, too. Uh, then chapter 18 uh, the priests and the Levites have no inheritance like the other 11 tribes did. So they get a share of the tithe and offerings from the people of the 11 tribes who tithe into the temple. And I think that's beautiful. And I read about the uh, priests and Levites that they were very, very wealthy. Hmm. Well, you've got a, several million people tithing, yeah. you, you know, but that tribe, because they had no tribal inheritance Inheritance. no land they could call their own but they were well taken care of Hmm. which tells us that pastors if we want to look at it that way well in fact (laughs) in the new testament says they should be given double honor they should be honored and then he talks about the forbidden practices for the israelites they're not to learn or do the abominations of the heathen nations why because they're to be an example to the heathen nations no divination or familiar spirits that kind of thing and it and it gets into a little bit of what uh some of these other nations were involved in because it literally even talks about do not participate in child sacrifice yeah and that kind of which is equal to abortion well well i'm yeah i i mean in the sense of uh we were reading before where he's he's saying how um it wasn't just it, it wasn't Israel's righteousness. It was these people, how how uh, their wickedness was while they were getting driven out. And you see when they start talking about some of their uh, religious practices, what they were doing, it was yeah. just yeah. It was and if uh, you mix extreme. the if you mix the people, there will be an influence, good mm-hmm. and evil. Mm-hmm. There will be an influence, and God knew that. Yeah. And let's see, where are we going? Chapter 19. 19. I love this. City the of Refuge. Cities of Refuge. They had three of them. Yeah. And these were a safe haven for people who committed unintentional crimes. Said they killed someone accidentally or, or whatever it would be. They could go to these cities of refuge 
until there could be trials, until things could be taken care of, and they could literally be safe there. And I think that's really uh, a good thing that they had because you've got millions of people. Actually, Moses is setting up Israel to become a nation. Right. And it's beautiful how God used him to help begin to set up Israel as a nation. Right. In uh, 20, we get into, he's this is kind of a theme of uh, preparing them, telling them to be confident, to not be afraid. If these other nations have larger armies. Uh, yeah, they're talking about how to battle. Yeah. He said, you're going to be a nation. You're going to have to have an army. You know, how do you battle? And this is what I think is fascinating. Who's to go and fight? Hmm. Uh, so these are those who don't have to go. If you just got married, you don't have to go to battle. Actually, they give them a year to comfort their wife, it says. I think that's so funny. Mm. Or if you're fearful, we don't want you in the army. Yeah, well, it's it's fascinating. They're saying how don't come because you're going to mess up the other soldiers. Yeah, your fear will spread to them. Yeah. So if I'd be saying, I'm fearful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they took it very seriously. They did. I mean, to because the point they... of saying don't show up because it will, it will, uh, you know, maybe cause us to lose it, if your it attitude would, and is it would like too. That. Yeah. And because they had to destroy whole cities, whole mm. the people in the cities. So I could see that. And then it tells them when you take the city, who to spare, and what to spare for your inheritance. So there were strict rules about what to do. Yeah, and in another, I, I liked how it said the uh, priests would go first. Isn't they would that go first and speak, and they would, part of their impartation was telling them to not be afraid because God was going before them. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Uh, that is. Send the praisers first because yeah. God inhabits the praises of his people. That's beautiful. Then, then the what the next few chapters twenty one through twenty three actually is laws yeah very and they're mostly practical uh, laws for the family uh, this is very interesting women are not to wear men's apparel mm-hmm. and it's, that's fascinating to me because everybody wore robes so the difference was really color yeah and certain trim and stuff that they put on the robes I was uh, reading some of that the the fabric. The intertwined fabric, part of that had to do with, and I think a lot, I won't say a lot, but some of these laws had specifically to do with these surrounding nations. That the specific fabric that they were talking about was used in the uh, other nations' religious practices. Yes. They were seen as some kind of spiritual part of their spiritual process and they did not want them to have to wear that and to look like the world right yeah and then i think it's interesting that there's laws to take care of god's creatures because said if a person will take good care of their animals they'll take good care of people Mm. and they found that to be true yeah then sexual matters adultery and all of that and and much of this is practical it is uh i mean I just, it's really intense, too. There's a lot of stoning. And, uh, yeah, if you don't do it now, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if your kid is rebellious, take him to the gate, and uh, the elders will help But I wonder him. if that child was so rebellious that he maybe tried to kill the parents or something like that, not just saying, no, I won't make my bed. Mm, no. uh, I'm wondering if it's not way beyond 
what we, a threatening type of thing to the parents that would cause them to take that child to the gate. Yeah, I, I, I would think some of this is cultural too of the time. Yes, of, of just a different time and place where um, uh, certain practices and ways of dealing with with things were. Uh, much more intense or, Absolutely. or just handled differently. Yes, um, handled differently. Yes, it was. I mean, that's pretty different. But You better so. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Not spanking, stoning. Who was it? Someone said, my mom said, I brought you into this world and I know how to take you out. <laughs> they, they meant that. Uh, they meant it too, the old timers, yeah. Yeah. Then chapter 23, uh, people who would be excluded from the congregation of the Israelites would be foreigners, certain foreigners, who had come against Israel in the wilderness. So they, there are certain ones they knew would stir up strife, mm. and they said, don't let them stay. Get rid of them. Exclude yeah. them from here, because they will stir up strife. And uh, then it talks about you can lend to strangers and charge interest, but don't you charge interest if you lend to your brother. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, there's another. It's interesting, too. It talks about uh, slaves take taking refuge with them yes that you're not yes. you're supposed to set them free and let them let them go yes after a certain length of time yeah yes i thought that was great and then to be an example and keep your vows if you make a vow that vow is unto god and you've got to keep it so. 24 it does mention the uh divorce certificate there yes uh which, reason for divorce well yeah. well i just brought that up because we were talking about how how often this particular book is is uh, comes up in with Jesus. Yes, and that particular thing, the divorce certificate, comes up when they're questioning him. And why did he say they gave uh, the reason for divorce? Jesus, he said, because of the hardness of their hearts, mm. that Moses allowed or God allowed them to have a divorce. Yeah. Uh, and again, it says if you've taken a new wife, you don't have to go to war for a year. And then certain leprosy laws, yeah. because I've, I've been uh, in leprosy camps when I went to India. They have over a million lepers still there wow. in India. And we got to go to a camp or refuge place for them. And uh, it is catching. It mm. is contagious, if you can say that. But you'd have to really be with them for a certain amount of time mm. for it to be contagious. But here you have the law to keep that from spreading. God had laws way before uh, the people today even realized it. You yeah, know? It's, it seems like a lot of this is uh, preventative from that kind of thing, like like not just leprosy, but we're talking about fear, uh, these oh, different yes. attitudes. Yes, It's not just Separate the thing yes. in and of itself. It's that that's going to turn into something else. Yes. It's going to spread to something it's bigger if spread you don't to something cut this bigger. out now. Yeah. I love that you said that about fear. I don't want somebody in this army that's fearful. You will cause the rest of the army to be fearful. Right. It's like a little leaven leavens the whole mm. lump. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, keep the corners of your fields open to those in need. Yeah. Still talks really, about generosity. There's a lot, I feel like, in this uh, latter part of Deuteronomy about taking care of uh, orphans and widows and uh, uh, immigrants and the poor. Yes. Very, 
uh, ha- I don't want to say hard, but very direct commands yes. to take care of them. They wanted them, uh, God wanted them to have a heart for those in need. And it, and it almost always brings up because you were slaves yes. in Egypt. Yes. So you know You know, you know what it's like. Yeah. So don't forget what it's like. Yeah. Help others. And then chapter 25, how to handle controversy, talks about that. Again, we're in practical things. And this is very interesting. If a husband dies, then the brother may take uh, that brother's wife to continue the name. Yeah. That'd be interesting. You're married and you got kids, but you got to take your brother's wife and continue the name. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a product, I think, of the time and where they were and the, the, the place, what, yeah. the way things were at that time. Yeah. You know. The name was very important to continue the name. Yeah. That, and that was showing honor to your brother to do that. Yeah. And then they gave counsel that in war, you were to completely destroy the enemy, not allow them uh, to be back in your camp, not take them in, because, again, it's going to spread strife. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it, it starts, it's talking at the end of their 25 about honest business practices, mm-hmm. and then it brings up uh, Amalek. Am I saying that right? Yes. The, and there's a, I was looking at that, there's an interesting history with that uh, Amalek and uh, He's Amalekites the giant. And, He's the last of the giants, right? And there was a, some kind of way he ambushed them mm-hmm. and cheated them on, in some way mm-hmm. uh, when they were coming out of Egypt because yeah. they're connecting that to honest business practices Yeah, to don't be like Amalek. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Yeah, his his story is pretty interesting. You go yeah. down a rabbit hole with that. Um, Chapter 26, 26. Har- harvest offerings. Now we're talking about giving. Yeah, I thought this was really cool. The ceremony when they enter the land, they're supposed to bring a basket of the soil yes. to the, the, the temple. Yeah. And, or not the temple, the, the uh, tabernacle yeah. before God and... It was like a confirmation of the literal land he yes. had promised them. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I just think that's so neat. There's a lot of symbolism because God wanted them to remember. Yeah. Remember what I've done for you. So I think symbolism's not wrong. Uh, it reminds you. Yeah. And in the third year, the giving of the first fruits of the land and tithing of increase. Now notice, this isn't just regular tithe. This is a tithe of any increase you've had. Like if last year your crops had, let's say, uh, 100 baskets, but this year you have 150 baskets, then you would tithe on the additional 50 baskets because that was the increase. And you would give it, notice who it's given to. Not only the Levites who help in the temple, they're not the priests, they assist the the priests, the strangers, the fatherless, and the widows. Hmm. Notice this is a tithe for those in need. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, uh, I just uh, here we again, God's yeah. care for those in need. Right, the loving God that He is, He stamps out strife, but those in need, but He reaches out to them. Yeah, and twenty-seven, uh, we get into, and it's interesting. It says the day you cross the Jordan River um, has instructions on writing uh, on stones. The mm-hmm. plaster, the the law or the commandment, yes. the instructions. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Right. And make an altar that day. 
that day and present your offerings because you've crossed the altar, crossed the river. You're there. Uh, And Deuteronomy 28, that's quoted a lot. Blessed in the field, blessed in the city, blessed coming in, blessed going out. But it's the blessings for obedience, but also the cursings. And if you don't, (laughs) (laughs) buddy, you're going to be cursed in the field. Cursed. Always leave that part out. (laughs) And it's funny because I think it's 27. The end of 27 starts that, where they have part of the tribe stand on one mountain. I'm going to butcher these words. Mount Tourism. Mm -hmm. I'm probably saying it wrong. To recite the blessing, and part of them stand on Mount Ebal and recite the curses. Oh my goodness, I forgot about that. It's always together. <laughs> together. right there together. Mm-hmm. And actually, it starts off, I was waiting for the blessing part. It starts off with quite a few curses <laughs> right away. <laughs> a lot of warnings there. A lot of warnings there. Yeah. But you know it's still true. You reap what you sow. Mm. You sow good, you're going to reap good. You sow, you sow evil, buddy, it comes back on you. It just does. You can just see it. Um, Now, notice it says the blessings will come on you and overtake you if you hearken to the Lord. And if not, the curses will come upon you. You'll reap what you sow. This verse uh, 47, I've, I've given a sermon on this, a message on this, because this blew my mind. Notice what God said, because you serve not the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, you shall serve your enemies. Hmm. And that blew my mind when I read that. I've got it marked and circled and everything. And, and I mean, it's not just an enemy of a people. It could be enemy of drugs, alcohol, hmm. worry, fear, all kinds of things because you haven't gone to the place of serving the Lord with joyfulness, these enemies will overtake you. Yeah. Uh, fear, worry, all these things will overtake you. If there's not joy in serving the Lord, what is there? Then depression can come. Yeah. So this to me is, uh, I just, it's so circled. I couldn't miss it in my Bible. Yeah. Remember this. Interesting that, that you're, pointing this uh, joyfulness and gladness because throughout Exodus and Numbers um, over and over and over you see it's it starts with an attitude mm-hmm. of ungratefulness yeah murmuring un- complaining wish I'd have died in Egypt yeah it's it's a it's the exact opposite of that and that's why he said that yeah if you want to keep taking land over here once you cross the Jordan you better serve God with joyfulness of heart. Yeah. Or you will serve your enemies. And then chapter 29 is a covenant renewal. Reminder of God's goodness. For 40 years, your clothes or shoes didn't wear out. I don't know if I'd want to wear the same thing for 40 years, the same shoes. Some good clothes. I wonder, I wonder if the children's shoes grew as they grew. I and the know. children's clothes, if they yeah. grew as they grew, or, you know, expanded, whatever. Uh, keep the covenant. Do it, and you will prosper in all that you do. And a lot of times this is used, especially when things happen and you don't have understanding. In verse 29, chapter 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those that are revealed belong to us. Hmm. There's some things we don't understand. Yeah. 
And that's what he was telling the children of Israel. There's some things you're not going to understand. Yeah. You've got to trust me. Wow. You've got to trust me. And how many times have we gone through situations where we didn't understand and why God, why God? And he's saying, trust me, trust me. That's good. It's It's, uh, so good. That's really the theme over and over uh, in in these these books, Exodus. Numbers, Absolutely, it is uh, Leviticus, yeah. where they didn't trust, where they did not. Even we're trust talking God. about their clothes lasting for so long. I don't. They. It's it's like miraculous, but it's also it's it's a weird thing because it wasn't supposed to be like that. Mm-mm. It wasn't supposed to last that long. No, they were supposed. What was it? Eight day journey or something yeah, like that. Right. But it said God took them another way because they weren't strong enough as an army to defeat the enemy. But he still didn't want them to go 40 years. Right, right. So, so you know, uh, it was even if it had been a 40-day journey. And if they would have trusted him, it would have been a lot shorter. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because yeah. they would have had the confidence to fight the enemy. Yeah. They would have been little wimps and run from the enemy. <laughs> uh, so God knew that. Then chapter 30, God's promises remain constant. He said, so return and obey him. Yeah. And then verse 19 is just powerful. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he tells him what to do. Yeah. Choose life. Yeah. But this is what you've got to see. Why do you choose life? That both you and your seed may live. For God is your life and length of days. Hmm. So uh, that is so powerful to me. It really is. Hold fast. The, the translation I was reading said, hold fast to God for he is your life. And will give you many years, like he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Ooh, isn't that beautiful? And and two, the beginning of thirty there, and we're talking about, or I was at least the intensity of these warnings over and over, and death and stoning and all this kind of thing. But but the way thirty uh, reads is is grace. Yes, yeah, it is. And repentance. It but is. if you will turn around. I'll bless you even more. I know. I'll give you all. Yeah. All. It even says more than your father's. Ooh, wow. That yeah. is powerful. That is so powerful. And I believe he wants us to have more. Mm. It's whether we can handle more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're going to murmur and complain about a little, you'll murmur and complain about a lot. Yeah. That's what you find out. Because more you have, the more responsibility you have. Mm. And people need to realize that. All right. Then chapter 31 Joshua is appointed as the new leader. And Moses says to Joshua, and of course God repeats it to Joshua, be strong and of good courage and fear not, for he will not fail you. God will not fail you. And I think that's a word for all of us. Absolutely. Be strong and of good courage because God will not fail us. And the longer I've served him, I've found that out. Yeah. Uh, Then chapter 32 is the Song of Moses. And it gets long, and it can get a little dreary. <laughs> That's some kind of song. I know it. He, he, know. Co- he, he tells them off, and then he sings about the glory of God. But here's, I gave a four-word summary of it. God is our rock. Mm. That's to me. Moses, this is your song. God is our rock. It's interesting because it's God, God knew their hearts, I think. Yes. He knew what was coming. It actually, it says it. They're going to go astray. That's mm-hmm. why they do this song. That's why it ends this way. And it kind yeah. of like vic- 
victorious way, but also kind of a, a bummer too, yeah. because <laughs> he can see he's tell the whole long song is about how they're going to go astray and yeah. eventually a warning, yeah, warning to him. It is. It's a yeah. warning to him, and they've got to remember God is the rock, and then God prepares Moses for his death, and mm-hmm. I love this. It said. God had known Moses face to face. Who can say that? Only yeah. Moses. Only Moses. 120 Somebody. years. Yeah, chapter 33. Moses gives the final blessing uh, of the people. And then chapter 34, Moses' death. This is so interesting to me. It said God buried him. Mm. Do you know they've never found where he was buried? Yes, it's a Never secret found. place. Secret place, it is. Moses was 120 years old, his eyes not dim, his natural forces not abated. Can you imagine being 120 and as strong as you were when you were 20? And it's interesting, too. I love the way uh, this sort of passing on, I don't know what you want to call it, the um, passing the mantle on, the same way with Aaron mm-hmm. as it happened. It's literally the same place. They yes. go up. To the mountain, yes. just them. Um, he lays hands on him, blesses him, commands him, don't be afraid. Wow. Um, and it says, when he laid hands on Joshua, Joshua became full of the spirit of wisdom. Um, Isn't that amazing? It's really uh, something I think I think Joshua, in a way, I won't call it a double portion, but it was a double portion for war mm-hmm. to take to take the promises. Yeah. He became a warrior leader yeah, because he led more in the war part. Yeah. And I think Moses was more this to bring the nation and to, to establish a nation. Yeah. And then Joshua had, was taking men to take the land. Yeah. He had a different, different fight. In yeah. A, different in a, fight. In a way, because he had a different fight because he was willing to do what these other people weren't. Yes. And it goes back to the 12 spies. Yeah. Joshua and Caleb were the only two spies that gave a good report. Now, notice those other 10 are gone now. Mm. No dissension among the Israelites. Those yeah. 10 are gone. And he's really, all those um, 40 years, those have died off. Joshua has a new group, really, to take over to the promised land. Mm. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Well, it ends on kind of a high note because Joshua's getting ready to take over and and then the next book is Joshua, so it's it's yeah. really exciting. And it ends there just talk, say, again, literally saying there was no one ever like Moses. And, and there guy. wasn't. Nobody ever like him. I mean, Because God talked to him face to face. Really fascinating character in this, this scripture. This whole, these books together, seeing the arc of his, his whole life his yeah. whole, from a little baby, yeah. you know. Um, to a guy who didn't afraid to talk to Pharaoh and, you know. But do you realize the sacrifice Moses really made? He was raised in the, the king's palace and would have been the next leader. Hmm. He gave it all up to go to the desert, lead these people who didn't really want him. You know, I was thinking about it too. There's something, because it really stuck out to me. There's these several times where Moses ends up ends up on the mountain with God for like forty days and forty nights. Mm-hmm. In those times, Moses was. Um, it says in Deuteronomy. It doesn't say it in the other ones. He was up there on his. It says prostrate on his hands and knees, interceding for the people. 
it was always in a situation where the judgment was coming to the people and he interceded. It says that's what he was doing. <laughs> you always wonder something. what he's doing up there. It says he's, I'm, I don't know if that's all he was doing, but it says that's what he was yeah. doing. Interceding for them, interceding for Aaron. Um, there's something, it wasn't the guy's, his talent, obviously, of speaking or whatever. There was something in his heart yes. that God saw and elevated him because of that, you know. Yeah. He did um, have a love for those people. He yeah, did to amazing. see God's promises and a love for God, yeah. a pure heart for God. Yeah, he really did. Well, we ready to go to the New Testament? Yeah, let's jump into it. All right, going to start in Mark fourteen. Yes, uh, chapter fourteen. Now, this is two days before the Passover, and the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, the priests, are plotting to kill Jesus. And then prophetically, a woman with the alabaster box of precious oil anoints Jesus. And this is prophetic of his coming death. Yeah. And this is interesting. Here Jesus is being anointed. And at the same time, betrayal begins in the heart of Judas. Yeah. He complains this oil could have been sold and given to the poor. But the Bible tells us Judas was the treasurer. And he'd been stealing money yeah. from the treasury. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Do you know Jesus must have had a little bit of money to support 12 men and their families and to have enough money that the people, uh, that the disciples didn't know Judas was stealing? Yeah. He had to have a yeah, little bit really more than just coins, you know. Something fascinating to me about this, 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 uh, this part of the gospel where you really see this false compassion. Yes. And it's almost used as a weapon against this lady, but none of it's real. No. It's like a twisted version. And you see it today. Of, oh, we see it all the time. All the time. Politically, you see it. Oh, we're going to give this to the poor, and it never ends up to the poor usually. Or not all, every time, but many times it doesn't. Well, at the very least, there is an obvious danger here. Yes. Of, of this happening to people where they're using their hearts are in one place but they're using the 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 principles of compassion in a twisted way yeah. of of literally condemning this lady yeah. for doing Putting guilt on her which Jesus says she did a beautiful thing what, yeah. what are you and talking about and she will be remembered yeah. and she is we it, all songs it, about the alabaster box and, and then a lady. couple of verses later we'll see the very thing used to betray Jesus is money. Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's what he uses. The very thing, you know, that... It's like a smoke screen. It's like a projection, Yeah, you know, of what he was dealing with on this other person. Wow. It's fascinating. And Jesus replies to him, the poor you have with you always. And we talked about this, Jason. Hmm. It's out of, he quoted out of Deuteronomy 15, yeah. 11, about the poor is with you always. And Jesus says, whenever you will, you can do good for them. And that's true. Yeah. There's always somebody you can help. Yeah. Always. And that, that part of Deuteronomy is a, is a command to help the poor and to be compassionate. Yeah. And like, like we're talking about, he's using that, but in a twisted way. Yes, he is. And I, I think we, we can see that 
quite often happening yeah. these days. He's trying Probably to co- cover forever. himself. It's obviously been happening forever. <laughs> forever, you're right. <laughs> and, but he goes on, Jesus goes on to say, you're not going to have me with you always. Yeah. And what's and amazing, about too, his death. It, she's anointing his body for burial. I know it. That's the it's prophetic, prophetic thing about, yeah. the, the whole thing is just really charged. And I oh, believe the meaning. presence, I believe God's presence was there. Mm. And here's a person right in the presence of God yeah. going, well, this could have been given to the poor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and at this, as soon as this is over, this beautiful act, what does Judas do? He goes to the priest and agrees to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Yeah. Zechariah 11, 12, yeah. pro- prophetically hundreds of years ago was prophesied. Yeah, I wonder if he was even fooling himself, like he was going to give that to the poor or something. I don't know. He, he could have. He Who had knows? become more virtuous yes. than Jesus. There you go. There yeah. you go. I never thought about that. That that could be very true. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, but he was quite pompous yeah. to say. It's, oh. a, it's amazing, too, that the sequence, it goes right then into the uh, Passover, yeah. the upper room. I have one more comment. Mm -hmm. Judas was speaking against a woman, too. Mm. That was a thing. You know, women were considered property. You think that played a big part? Oh, yes. Judas, that's why he could be so pompous. She was out of place. She was out of Who was she? She should have taken that money Uh, and sold that and given to the poor. That's what women do. Yeah. Not do what she's doing. Like looking down on her pride kind of thing. Not just what she did, who she was. Yeah. How, yeah, Jesus, how could you allow a woman to do this to wow. you? Don't, you know better than this. What, that's not what. Okay, yeah. we won't get, go any further than that. Wow. Uh, so then Jesus eats the Passover with the disciples and then proclaims, one of you are going to betray me. And, and you know, it's, is it I? Who is it, Lord? Who is it, Lord? Then he presents the bread, his body that's broken for us, and the cup. The yeah. blood of the new covenant. It's, ama- uh, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite portions in the New Testament as it well. Is. How, how is. this is all tying together, the Passover and breaking the bread. And the it's coffee. interesting. He's just been anointed mm. when he presents his body. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah. My body broken for you. The yeah. cup, my blood shed for you. And then Jesus predicts Peter's going to deny him right in the midst of someone's going to betray me. Then he says, well, Peter, you're going to deny me. Of course, he says, I don't care. I'd never deny you, never. And he said, before the cock crows, uh, mm-hmm. twice you're going to deny me three times, you know. Yeah. And then he goes to prayer. They go to Gethsemane. Gethsemane. James and it and means John, the press. Peter. Do you know that? Gethsemane means the press. Mm-hmm. It's like the olive press. Wow. Where it presses out. So he goes to a place of the press. If you've been to Gethsemane, there's huge trees. There are olive trees there. And it's the press. And it's not my will, but thine be done. And that's when I really think we can pray, not your will, but mine be done, when you don't know what God's will is for your life. Yeah. God, I need your will, not mine. Yeah. He's arrested. Jesus is arrested, brought to the high priest, Caiaphas. And Jesus is silent. You know, that's prophetic. He opened not his mouth when he's accused. Yeah. But then when he's asked, are you the Christ? Jesus says, I am. Yeah. And I that's, love that. That's the one I that am that I over, am that I am. <laughs> puts him over the edge. Yes. He's accused of blasphemy and mocked and spit on. and Oh, my. 
just all kinds of things. Yeah. And then Peter stands up. Remember, it always says, I think in all the Gospels, that Jesus stood, uh, not Jesus, Peter stood afar off. Wow. That's when you deny Jesus is when you're far off from him. Mm. It's easier to deny him. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Three times. And then he remembers what Jesus said to him, and he weeps and cries and he repents. Yeah, it's it's uh, iconic too. You know, he he had all this big talk, and then it's a little girl who comes to him and Ooh, overthrows another, him. Another woman. Yeah, another one. That's so true. <laughs> another That's woman. True. Yeah. Not me. And you know he was had to be a big dude, a big fisherman. <laughs> Who me? I'm, I'm no, I'm not one of them. Yeah. Who me? Yeah. Then of course chapter fifteen, Jesus before Pilate. And th- at this time of the year there was some kind of celebration and uh Pilate wanted to release Jesus and at this time they could release one prisoner. Yeah. So he wanted to release Jesus and he picked the worst that he could pick, that he thought nobody would want. And he said, or Barabbas. You know, he's a nasty guy. Nobody would want him. But the priest stirred the people. That shows you influence. We want Barabbas. Crucify Jesus. And this is so, oh, my goodness, these five words right here. Wanting to please the people. Hmm. Wanting to please the people. Pilate releases Barabbas. Yeah, the, the the scene here is pretty amazing. It's a, it also says Pilate perceived that the uh, chief priests were doing it out of envy. He knew. He knew. He, knew what, he what saw was it. Going on. He and saw like, it right He didn't it. really do anything, but these guys are pushing it. Yeah. And there's also it's it's weird because he was known and famous in a way. But also there's times when it seems like they don't know who he is. Yeah. Like with Judas has to kiss him to show them who the he is. The guards who he is. is, yeah. You know, maybe it was just a product of the time he was famous, but they didn't really know what he looked like. Not like yeah. they had Instagram or something. Yeah, they didn't have you TV know. in those days. So they had no heard cameras. of him, but they didn't know actually which was the guy, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but even the crowd here, this is like a completely different crowd. Oh, it's It's got to be. You know, you're saying a festival, maybe different people were coming now, in. No, that could be very different true. From different people, cities, different, different places. Because there's yes. other times where the chief priest won't go after him because they think the people will yeah, fight you're them right. back. You're right. But so somehow they got been, the yeah. edge here yeah. in this situation. Absolutely. You're right. And it's also weird timing. It's like in the morning or in the late at night. Well, yeah, they took him late at night to Caiaphas. It's all through the night these trials go on, and then Pilate gets him early in the morning. Yeah. And he wants to please the people, which is uh, strange to me because Pilate really needs to to please Rome, mm-hmm. not these people. But he sends Jesus to be crucified. But he knows the impact of the priests yeah. on the people. And it, it kind of goes quickly Yes, through the... From there on, uh, he's crucified. Simon carries his cross, um, crucified on Golgotha. And, and you've been to Israel, and so have I. And when you're in Gethsemane, you can see Golgotha, and it literally it means place of the skull, S-K-U-L-L, mm-hmm. and it looks exactly like a skull. Yeah. 
It's got the two eyes, the nose, the mouth. It looks just like it's scary to look at it when you're. So I, we always thought that Jesus was praying in Gethsemane, and the skull was right before him. Yeah. Death right before him. Yeah. Amazing. And the soldiers part his garments and gamble over him, and that fulfilled prophecy of Psalm 22. He's crucified between two thieves, Isaiah 53. Hmm. Uh, he's mocked, Psalm 22, 7. I mean, th everything that happened was fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And you said it was going quickly, and it was. Yeah. And when Jesus is on the cross and he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? One of the reasons is because sin came crushing down on Jesus and God could not look upon sin. Hmm. And he had to turn his back from sin, and Jesus knew it instantly. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. What, the uh, part there where it mentions the centurion that was facing him changes his mind there at the yeah. end. And it says because of the way he died right there at the end. Yes. Up until then, I think he was part of this whole oh, deal. Oh, sure. Mocking so and all that. some kind of powerful moment when yes. he literally passed absolutely that happened surely he that said surely this was the son something of God. made him do a 180 yeah uh right at that moment shook him up i, I wish there was more about this centurion later yeah. and of course when jesus died the veil of the temple note it was rent or torn from the top to the bottom god yeah. ripped it and i thought this is interesting too it it mentions these women who were following him and it says they were ministering to him i bet they were speaking time. comforting words yeah to him. while this they couldn't save him but they were there trying to Ooh, help him that's through beautiful this and these same women show up in 16 it's the same yeah, people same women yeah it is and of course uh joseph of arimathea asked for his body and he's buried in a new tomb and we've been in that tomb uh and it was for his family so it had just been made for yeah. his family so it's quite large actually yeah then chapter 16 now notice this is the first day of the week and that's why we celebrate and have church services on the first day of the week because that's the day jesus rose from the dead these women come early in the morning to anoint his body with spices uh, because they didn't have embalming in those days yeah. so they covered him with spices uh, so that there would not be a smell, and so he'd be preserved, that kind of thing. Yeah. And they discover the stone is rolled away. And that stone, they said it weighed about two tons. So, mm. I mean, I mean, uh, that thing was uh, two tons, uh, 2,000 pounds, I think it was. And it's on a, like a slant, so when you rolled it down, you couldn't roll it back. Hmm. So when they came, they were saying, how in the world are we going to roll that stone away? Yeah. And they come and it's gone and it's been rolled uphill. Yeah. And the, here's the angel. And one one uh, one of the gospels says, and he was sitting on the stone. Yeah. I think so. It was huge for an angel to be sitting on it. And what's he say? He's not here. He's risen as he said. Yeah. And this is, shows forgiveness. The angel says, "Go tell the disciples," and Peter. Oh wow! Specifically, he got specific. Yeah. Make sure Peter knows he's forgiven. Yeah. And then what happens next? Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. She didn't recognize him. She thought he was a gardener. Then he appears to two on the road, the road to Emmaus. It's interesting there, too. It says appeared in another form. And uh, 
some of the translations there. There must have been something about his appearance, like you just said. She didn't. Mary didn't recognize didn't him. Recognize the two him. didn't recognize him. And actually, um, I'm not sure the eleven at first recognized him because he was in his glorified body. Yeah. And actually, to Thomas, he said, "Look, the prints in my hand." Yeah. That the, the fact that he had to do that. Yes. There must have been something in his appearance. The that glorification was of his body different. must have been. Mm. I don't know what it was, but Fascinating. it was. And then, of course, he gives the Great Commission. Go, preach, baptize. And he says, signs are going to follow you. You'll cast out devils. You'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. And, uh, of course, this gets very specific then. After he finishes speaking, Jesus finishes speaking. He ascends. He's received into heaven. And he sits at the right hand of God. I wonder if they saw that. Hmm. I wonder if the heavens so opened that they saw it. You, if, if you're you, writing that, yeah, it seems like you that. would have seen it to me. Yeah. So uh, Mark was saying this. And then it said they went forth and preached everywhere. And I love this. The Lord was working with them. Now, we know he's ascended. He's at the right hand of God. But the Lord was he's working with them. With them. Somehow, yeah. Yeah. Through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That power of the Holy Spirit. And he confirmed the word with signs following. So when they used his name, mm. the name of Jesus, signs happened. Awesome. Healings happened. Yeah. So uh, it ends with such a high yeah. in the book of Mark. Yeah. I love Mark because Fantastic. he's the businessman. He said, let's get to it. Let's get to the <laughs> point here. Yeah. This is what happened after he rose. Yeah. And look how I love this. He's He ascended. He was received. And he sat down at the right hand of God. I want you to see the order here. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Oh, what a Christ awesome. we serve. How wonderful. Awesome. Oh, how wonderful. And after 2,000 years, we're still going, preaching, just doing baptizing, signs following, laying hands on the sick and they're recovering. Amazing. It's amazing. amazing. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, that ends the book of Mark. Uh such such a rich uh, reading we've had the past couple of weeks. All of it, of course, but uh, so good. So great to have you back. Oh, it's back wonderful. I just love going through the Word. I love the Word of God. Yes, so good. So uh, thank you all for uh, checking in and uh, tuning in and listening. And uh, hopefully some of you all are, are reading along as well or, or just... Uh, Thanks for tuning in and uh, going through the word with us. It's awesome. It's been great to be with you, and I look forward to the next time. We'll see you next week.